Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CBC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. Hey, and I want to welcome you once again to the to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. And the whole purpose, the whole mission that we have is to share methods, to share processes with the chimney sweeps, chimney technicians, hearth companies, no matter what you're doing. If you deal with fire in some way, shape, or form, you know what? You're my customer. You're the kind of guy I want to share knowledge with. So what I've got this week, I have come up with a super, super guest that's going to join me here today. Now, how did I come across him? Because I was in a class, and I was attending a class, and they brought this guy in, and he did a presentation. Now, first of all, so you understand, this was in a class about how to speak, how to do a keynote address, how to speak to other people. So as we went through this, I'm listening to this and I'm watching his actions and I'm watching how he presents because he's really got some unique styles. And I heard more and more about this guy. And as we went through this, I gave us his background. So to give you a little background, the guy that I've got on as a guest today, his name is Damien Mason. And Damien, to be honest with you, is what I'm going to call down south. We call Damien a good old boy. But Damien is from the Indiana area. And what he does, he grew up on the farm. And what he did, he went, to, he went, he learned comedy. And in past lives, Damien was actually a Bill Clinton impersonator. Well, you know, when the president goes out of office, the demand for that impersonator to impersonate him ain't quite as strong. So what Damien did is something that so many people have to do. And what he did is he reinvented himself. And what Damien's specialty is today is talking to business, but he's actually got a specific niche, which is agriculture. And I was thinking to myself, hey, you know, my niche is in chimneys and fireplaces and that kind of stuff. And here's a guy and his niche is agriculture. And as I look at different people, it's like, hey, we all got our niches. But what I do know is the wisdom that Damien's going to share with us today is applicable no matter what you do. Now, after we met Damien, Cheryl, my wife, Cheryl Ice and I were actually enrolled in Damien's program. So Cheryl has actually interacted with Damien on a regular basis now for the last almost a year now. And I've seen the value that Damien shared with us. So what I've asked, I've asked Cheryl to join me today. So Cheryl, if you would, tell us a little bit about the value that you see in Damien Mason and what he's getting ready to share with us. I think he's got some super value, guys. The thing about it is Damien is into the reinvention of your business, the reinvention of your life. I have, in the last couple months, done some serious reinvention in both of my businesses and also in my learning to speak. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to the guy that I consider now not only a mentor and a coach, but also a super friend. Damien, it's all about you. And Damien, when she says that, I think that even says more because, you know, we're in programs and she's a Ziegler certified coach. She's one of the, there's, she was the 14th in the world. 
And when she met you in the Get Value, that means she's been through the Ziegler program. She's licensed to teach Ziegler. And I think that's a pretty high compliment. So, Damien, I'm going to quit talking to you out there with me today, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Cheryl and Jerry. And I really appreciate that high praise as well as uh, what Cheryl said. You know what? Uh, I don't I don't have a, a lot of people that I can say I've befriended by uh, being on the stage. But then again, you look at these people that you say, this person actually has their act together. This person actually is doing a good job. This person really, you kind of want to help the person uh, that is honestly busting their ass for themselves. And that's what I think your show is all about here today on the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. I envision a bunch of people that are small business owners that are say, you know, it's like little business big. I don't want to, I don't want this little business to just be, uh, you know, me climbing around a roof every day. I want to take it to the next level and the next level. And that's the kind of roots that we all come from. You mentioned uh, my background, you know, I was a, my dad was a, railroad clerk on the evening shift and we had the dairy farm and I've worked every day since I was eight years old and I like to be around people that like to work and I think that's what we got here together not just us three but the people who are listening to this podcast you're dead on the money man so the first question I want to ask you Damien you've in your life had to reinvent yourself and this is what I noticed from listening to you, not just watching to learn from you and your presentation style, but I think the biggest thing that I learned that you shared with me was the way businesses had reinvented themselves. And you went into it even deeper. You went into it where Kentucky Fried Chicken changed its name to KFC and how one of the lawn care companies had changed it from, I believe it was Kim Long and all the different things that went on where people reinvented themselves. Now, the message I really heard come true is to be successful, reinvention is an ongoing, never-ending. So could you expand on that reinvention process? You, me, Cheryl, we've all sat there with people. You're having a drink at some conference, and then they say something like, you know, this guy, if I just had this one good idea, if I just came up with this one good thing, and it's really never predicated on one good idea or one good business model. Now, that's been the start and the genesis of a lot of wonderful uh, success in companies. But to keep it going, remember the uninnovative and the uncreative go to market one way by copying what some other person or company does and then doing it cheaper. So the answer is when you're first when you're innovative, when you're creative, you're gonna have people that are knockoffs to steal your stuff, whether it's a comedy show like me, or it's a product like Blockbuster Video or whatever. So the idea is you gotta continually push out the next thing. You mentioned my background as a political comedian. That's how I started You know, back in 1994. I quit my job to be a political comedian dressed up as Bill Clinton. And I wasn't the only one out there, but I tried to be the best one out there. And what's interesting to me is folks who come up, you finally get this political comedy show going, you're booked at conventions all over, you know, the North America and even internationally. And you got people come up to you and they say, man, that's a really good act. What are you going to do when Bill Clinton doesn't get reelected? And they say, what are you going to do when Bill Clinton's uh, impeached? What are you going to do when Bill Clinton's out of office? And I always thought to myself, I'm going to keep doing the next thing and reinventing myself. What strikes me is why didn't those people ask me that question ever think that about themselves, that it was obvious to them that I would have to change, but they themselves never thought what they did would change. 
And I'm talking about companies I worked for that were tech companies, companies I worked for that brought me into their big 300 person sales meeting that don't even exist today. Great example, I did a 1200 person convention, political comedy show, and there's a bunch of travel agents. Now you tell me where travel agents are today from where they were 20 years ago, and a bunch of those people come up and say, what are you gonna do when Bill Clinton's not in office? <laughs> Fast forward, what are you doing now that Travelocity just took your business? You know, and that's that on the money. So I'm gonna ask you a question and I'm gonna direct it in one of your areas of expertise. And it is something people have farmed from the beginning of time. And at some point commerce became and we sold or traded or whatever, we took it to town and frontier days and traded for, but whatever. So tell me some of the challenges that agriculture goes through today. I mean, I can visualize one, which is everywhere I go, it's like, uh, you know, what's the, you know, it's like everybody's vegetarian. You can't eat beef. It's almost, you know, people frown down on you. Or this was another one. Cheryl and I went to dinner last night and I look on there and all the gluten-free kind of things. And I often wonder, do half these people even know what gluten is? Because I kind of like gluten myself, okay? So tell me what the challenges are that your niche is going through. Yeah, so you mentioned that my background is being a farm kid. I, I do a lot in agriculture because I'm a farm owner. I actually have a degree in agricultural economics. So when I reinvented myself from being a political comedian to what I do, my strong, uh, my strong suit was agriculture. So I started doing humorous programs with a point for agricultural meetings. And of course, a lot of folks are listening saying, I mean, agriculture, that's just farming. Well, it's a great deal more than just farming. It's the processing, it's the transportation, it's the preparation, it's the ancillary industry of, uh, you, you know, uh, the insurances and the machinery and the financing, etc. So what the challenges are, of course, everybody will say, well, right now the ag economy is softened. Four or five years ago, we were in a boom cycle. Agriculture tends to be a little counter cyclical to the normal economy. We tend to do better when the economy is not so good in the broader sense. And then we do uh, worse when things are improving. I don't know why it's just always been that way. But what you talked about with these food categories, actually, Jerry, is a great example of reinvention that I take to my ag audiences. Never before have we been in a situation where with the foodie movement, and the internet and the amount of money being spent on groceries and food. We are now in a situation where the small player in rural North Carolina can grow some oddball product and market it internationally, but certainly nationally or regionally through the power of the internet. So there's really a good, for the first time ever, farms, small farms are growing in size because a lot of opportunity for the heritage breed pig uh, farmer and the person that wants to have uh, this little niche category. Gluten, you know, that's marketing stuff. Only seven tenths of a percent of the entire uh, populace has actually got celiac disease, but for crying out loud, 25% of the populace tries to say they're gluten intolerant, to which I say, no, you're just a pain in the ass. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you're on a gluten-free diet because you want to talk about it at the country club or at yoga with your girlfriends. So there's, what we must realize is, as much as it looks like this is kind of, and I'm wise apple about it, those are opportunities because when you've got a customer base that is willingly paying a 40 and 50% premium for what previously had been seen as a commodity, 
that's what we talk about reinvention all the time is never being seen as a commodity and in food it's really working out well i think for the small niche companies and i'll get into that in a minute because i know you want to talk but i'll tell you about kellogg's as a great example well i'm going to give you an example and i'm going to give you an example of terms and i'm going to give you dinner last night damien cheryl and i it's like okay Let's go to dinner. Now, the problem is we eat out all the time. It's like restaurants commonly. It's like, where you want to go? Where you want to go? And we're riding up the street, new restaurants opened up. And the name of, and it's, it's, in a, it's in downtown Concord. And it's like, I checked the reviews, like, hey, this sounds pretty good. So we walk in the door, and we, and we get a table, and I get this menu. And I'm going to give you some of the terms that are there. And one of them that's come from agriculture that's now really hot is farm to table. And then it had the menu items, and every item had the name of a farm, such as uh, B from Mills Farm. And there were other farm names. Now, I've lived here all my life. And I asked the girl, I said, okay, I've lived here all my life. Where are these farms at? Well, I don't know. I said, well, young lady, you have, y'all have written one of the most beautifully worded uh, menus I've ever seen. Now, the bad side was, Damien, the meal did not match up to the menu or the expectations. And, but again, that message was one that got there. So go to where you were talking about because we're seeing this change. In fact, I, I had Larry Wingett on last week, and we talked about this new byword in business called culture. But in business and reinvention, it's taking these terms and all of a sudden, it becomes a turn-on, like you talked about gluten-free. So tell, I believe you were talking about Kellogg's. Go ahead with it. Well, I'll go to what you just talked about. You know, one of the big points about reinvention is you're going to get commoditized. The marketplace commoditizes everything. You know, I was raised selling uh, dairy farm milk. You know, class three fluid milk, it's sold on the Chicago Board of Exchange every day of the week. And I can tell you right now, it's around $16.32 for hundred weight, blah, 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 blah. The, the matter of the fact is real simple. Agriculture was probably the first industry to be completely commoditized in mass. I mean, if you want to go and buy number two red brick or something like that, let's say you're a chimney person, let's say you want to buy a, uh, a certain product, we tend to commoditize everything. But when you look at what happened in agriculture, this happened hundreds of years ago because it became easier for a system of exchange and for the food trade. We commoditized beef and then we just said, we're going to grade it. It's going to be select choice of prime. We took number two yellow corn. We took a you know 56 pound uh, bushel of corn. So this is what the commodity is. So a product, you know, grade A milk or uh, extra large eggs, very much a commodity. What is bad about commoditization is that the producer ends up being a price taker because now everybody is the same damn thing. There's no difference between yours and the next person, next person, next person. And it's hard to set any margin or, or premium profit there. So from a reinvention standpoint, I applaud what is happening in the food sector and that now you're using words like farm to table, heritage breed, local, natural, organic. All of those things actually add a premium and that's good for the industry because now the customer, not through regulation, the customer through 
decision-making through their own volition said, I'm now going to buy a premium product and pay more for it because it's heritage breed, local beef from such and such farm. Now, the problem you pointed out is sometimes it's just a lot of fancy hype and words. You said specifically, our meal didn't match the menu. And that's too bad. So if you're going to be successful in your reinvention, not only do you dis differentiate through the marketing, but the product sure as heck better actually differentiate itself as well. And, you know, and I, I want to go deeper. Okay. So last night for dinner, Cheryl had meatloaf. Okay. She had meatloaf and I believe there was mashed potatoes and there was a vegetable. Now I'll be honest with you. The meatloaf, by reading the description, man, it was out of this world. But after it was served, I would rate Cracker Barrel's $9 meatloaf as superior. Okay, I really would. So it, it's, like I said, it doesn't match up. So what you're saying is when you reinvent and you come up, it's got to be more than just a tagline. It's got to be something that's going to turn a customer into what, you know, what I don't forget if it was Randy Pennington or Scott McCain said this, but the difference in a customer or client is a customer buys from you once and a client buys from you over and over. And in the agriculture business, I'm sure that is all important that you continue to build this customer into a client. Would that be true? Yeah. And like I said, the main thing is you said that you and Wing got into a discussion on culture and culture when it becomes just nothing more than cliche, the ultimately the customer sees through it. Well, same thing on this. If all that hoopla on that menu is just a bunch of words and the product doesn't actually prove that it's differentiated in a positive or quality way, you and Cheryl sounds like are never going to go back to that restaurant. So you just answered your own question. Here's the thing. When you sat in that audience and I was on stage and we talked about reinvention, I said, there's three things you can do to reinvent. And this is important, so I hope your listeners right now, if you're driving down the road, convert this to memory or pull over and jot these three things down. There's three things you do when you want to reinvent. You change your product, you change your customers, you change your image. And the reality is you're going to do a version of all three of those to successfully pull it off. And what you're talking about right now is image. When that menu says those words, they're trying to create an image that they are not just Cracker Barrel, that they are, you know, uh, Bill and Cindy's nice little place here in, in uh, North Carolina, and, and we're going to serve this differentiated value-added product that's farm-to-table, that's local, that came from so-and-so's beef farm down the road. So the thing is, that's the image part of it. But if they didn't do anything to make the product different and to make the, uh, the product match the image, then all of a sudden you're not going to get new customers. Because if you want to reinvent, you do those three things, change your product, change your customers, change your image. Let's go to your people that are the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network staple, the people that have their own chimney business. To stay ahead of the curve, to be successful tomorrow, they are either going to get commoditized to where the customer just says, you know what, I had three other guys come out and give me a bid on sweeping my chimney. Now, most people don't do that because what the heck, you're probably not going to call three different people for a bid on that. But if you want to look differently, when you show up out there, if your image is it conveys a different sort of uh, value, if you will. When they show up and they look a certain way and they build that trust just by pulling in and looking like they have integrity as a, as a company, that's the image part of it. And you find new customers because 
when your product is good and your image is good, that person goes and finds you new customers that never even had their chimney inspected or cleaned. So I think that from how this ties into your guys to your people is that they've got to have the image part probably as, as important as that menu. But when they show up, they've got to demonstrate their image. And I think the product, you know, they're going to they're going to offer their product. But I think they're going to find new customers by bringing a differentiated image and product. OK, so Damien, Cheryl, I want you to come back on just a second. I'll have you answer a question for me. So, you know, Damien, in my career, I have learned I have sat through classes with some of the top names. And in the world of coaching and speaking, let's face it, there is all kinds of people we go to. And I spent time, I'm a, you know, I'm certified by Dr. John Maxwell. I've been through his classes. I spent days with Jeffrey Gittimer. Larry Wingett is a mentor and a coach. Randy Pennington, Scott McCain. And with Cheryl's case, we can add the Ziegler family and Tom Ziegler. She wasn't lucky enough to work, to work directly with Zig, but all these different people. But something here, and this is what impressed me about you, Damien, and that's where I want Cheryl to tell me. Cheryl, what was it? Because of all the people that we have interacted with, I've heard you share more about what Damien has shared with you. So tell me what it was that Damien gave you after we bought the brand, which is Damien Mason. What did he do to continue that you will continue with Damien as a mentor, as a coach, whatever relationship you and him are building. So tell me that, please. Well, all the training that I've ever done has been great, and I don't knock anybody out there. But with most of them, they were telling me what I could do to help everyone else, which is the main goal of what you're coaching for anyway. But Damien specified what could help me become what I wanted to be, how I could change minor things or major things and become the person or the business and the business that I want to be. I am not a young person, so I need to move at a high rate of speed. So Damien was pointing directly at me and telling me, this is what you need to do to reinvent yourself. And to me, that gave me the incentive to get myself better so I could help the other people that I trained in the Ziegler Corporation to help. Right. And Damien, as you know, I sent you a note one day. I said, and I told you, man, I am so thrilled you have really helped Cheryl. So as you hear that, how do you share that with other people of the value that you shared with her? How do they do that with their customers? Uh, well, thank you, first off. Secondly, one thing that we did repeatedly on the Cheryl thing was I tried to always drive something home that here's something you can actually use. Here's something you can actually use. And my wife and I would sit down before we did our, our monthly webinar and I'd say, here's what we're gonna, I'm going to tell them, Lori. And then sometimes Lori would say, don't forget this. Remember how you spent a year and a half twisting in the wind, not accomplishing something because you, you went this direction. If you just save them that time, that's going to be very valuable where we don't have them, uh, where we don't have them, uh, you know, wasting their time on stuff. You can learn a lot from watching people's mistakes. And the thing is, I guess I'm honest enough to tell folks like, you know, we can tell your listeners right now, if they think, all right, uh, this is going to be a big thing. I can go ahead and just make these tweaks and changes. And the thing is they'll get real comfortable. 
because comfort is absolutely the enemy of all this complacency. You know, you get to a certain level of success and you say, I'm just going to do this. And, and then you keep saying, I'm going to start this new thing. Everybody has, every one of your listeners right now has five new things or three new things they've said they're going to start doing and they haven't done it in three years because that's what happens when you get to a certain level of success in your business, you don't do stuff. Yep. So Cheryl, did you have something you wanted to add to that of what we were just talking about? I did. And the funny thing is Damien hit on it right then. The one thing he did that the other people have not done to me, he made me uncomfortable. He took me out of my comfort zone. And I think we all, as he said, get complacent. I needed someone to kick me out of the zone. Okay, so Damien, and Damien was good at kicking you out of that zone. Very much so. Okay, so Damien, I, we're going to be real honest with our listeners at this point. I communicated with you yesterday. I told you what my niche was. I told you what we were going to do. Now, prior to yesterday, I want your honest conception of what and who a chimney sweep was, please. Well, actually, I'm a bad one to ask that because your listeners probably say, oh, this guy's some farm guy or some, uh, you know, motivational speaker guy. He doesn't know. I, again, I, I own, uh, I've owned some rental properties and I, my wife and I have renovated and fixed up places to make a nickel or two. I've had, I've hired your people before. And actually, I have a guy that comes, my chimney guy that I have is an easier one because right now the only need that I have is on my one of my uh, my barns that's got a stove pipe and a wood stove. So once every two years, this character comes out. And he's a definitely a character, and he does give me the inspection because he's licensed, and he gives me a piece of paper. So my insurance guy says, "Did you have that inspected?" So every two years, and he cleans it up. So I'm a bad one to ask. Dennis, the crazy chimney guy that comes here, but again, we're not talking about a brick chimney. We don't have fuel oil or uh, LP or anything. So I don't have a real chimney on my on my house. But I do have one on my barn and I have a chimney guy. I think I give him $140 every two years. He comes out, he runs the thing up and down, he drinks a Coke and he tells me some crazy story and then uh, away we go. Okay, so, but let me ask you this. That's one of the problems, Damien, a lot of people don't understand and a lot of people don't know we exist. Uh, in my estimation, and this has dealt with a lot of data research. I felt I feel that in American households, less than 3% of American households have ever had a chimney sweep, a chimney service technician, or even a chimney inspection done. And I, I think I can back that up with true data. So you can see there's 97%, my estimation, and we'll say I'm off, let's say it's 95, or let's say it's 90% have never used the services of the people that are listening to this show. What would you tell that group that they got to do to reinvent themselves, become a better part of the American commerce and where people call them, and you even said yourself, every two years. And every two years, NFPA says, should be done once a year. So how does this industry get that message out in messages such as farm to table? Uh, gluten-free. What is it that's going to ring the chimes of your friends, your neighbors? 
All right. First off, I'm glad you asked that because now we're finally getting to the stuff that Cheryl loves, where I give the takeaway to your listeners to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. I got a couple of ideas here. We said, again, I want these people to remember this. You reinvent by changing your product, your customers, your image. The truth is there's probably a fourth method that I didn't even share with you when I was on stage, but I've been doing some more in-depth reading on this. There's a fourth method, and it's kind of changing your industry. And we can talk about Tesla, even though I think Tesla's a bit of a joke. They're a $16 billion market value more than, than Ford. Ford has been selling F-150s as the number one truck car for the last 35 years. Tesla has sold 23,000 cars last quarter. My God, you and I could build 23,000 cars in your garage in North Carolina. So anyway, there really is a game changer there when you talk about changing your industry. You know, you can talk about these companies that came in, Google. You know, you're talking about before Google, if you wanted to find information, you went to the library, you went to the yellow pages. So when we really are talking about changing your product, your customer, your image, and your industry. So what you just asked me was, how can an industry that only 3% of our, of our populace even uses a chimney sweep, how do we change the industry? And I got some ideas for your listeners. First off, on the image standpoint, the United States of America as all affluent countries are, and I'm talking about Canada, Western Europe, Australia, more environmentally in tune than we've ever been before. And it doesn't mean that the customer even understands environmentalism. They will buy a Toyota Prius, not because it truly is better for the environment, because I can run you different numbers that tell you those, those batteries are bad, the nickel, the, the cadmium, the, all the different chemicals in the battery, but they buy the Prius because they get social credit they get social credit for buying something that's better for the environment. And you're saying, Damien, what's this have to do with me? If I were a chimney sweep, if I were a chimney uh, company, I would be pushing out, are you doing right by the environment? Do you realize that bad, that dirty chimneys are worse for our air? Do you realize that not having your heating system inspected is bad for the environment? I would push in the environment of environmentalism how good my company is for the air and for their children and for the pollution and all that thing. That's what I would do from an image standpoint. From a customer standpoint, here's something I think that your customers are missing out on. My buddy that I drink with, go fishing with, is also my insurance man. When we put the wood stove in my man room, which is where I have the chimney sweep come every two years, it's basically, it's my playroom. You know, we, 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 we drink, we play cards, we watch football in there, and it's got a wood stove in a corner. My insurance man said, hey, you got to get an inspector on that. He's like, well, I'm not like going to cause you problems. I'm your buddy, but I'm also your insurance man. You know, really, if you have wood stoves, if you're going to have chimneys, you're going to have open flame, you got to have this inspected. What about your people, one of your great customers, one of your chimney people right now that's listening, what if they, has any of them ever called the State of North Carolina and Independent Insurance Agents Association and said, I'd like to come and do a 30-minute presentation at your uh, winter convention on house fires that are caused by faulty chimneys, on the damage that can be prevented, and then what if you just tied in with the insurance companies and said, can I do a little mailer? Can I do a little mailer where uh, I just put out a reminder we're heading into winter now? 47% uh, of all house fires are caused by uh, dirty chimneys, by open flame, blah, 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 whatever those data points are. And all of a sudden now you're selling it as a safety thing and you find new customers. When you tell me only a handful of our populace has ever even employed a chimney, contractor or a chimney sweep or a chimney service 
tells me we could do better by going the safety through the insurance. It's one thing for me to tell you I'm making it safer, but when the insurance company encourages it, it now has a voice of credibility. So there's the image and there's the customers. From an industry standpoint, uh, I can get into that in a minute, but I've talked a lot. Go. Okay, so, you know, believe it or not, you're hitting on key points, and I'm, I'm going to start with one, which is the environmental aspect. And after the last election, one of the things I did is I polled some people with the following question. Tell me what was the issue? What was the, what was the reason that you voted for who you did in the presidential election? And do you know that some people, and this keys in exactly what you're saying, said that they voted on the environment, on the environment. I said, now, wait a minute. So you're telling me that you didn't vote because of Benghazi and you didn't vote because of somebody's tweets. You didn't vote because of that. You voted strictly on the environment. And one of the things that I have promoted for many years, and we never discussed this coming in. So you saying this was like icing on the cake for me. But this is one of the things that I promoted for years, which is chimney sweeps, chimney technicians have got to promote that we provide better indoor air quality, just like farm to table. We, we help the environment. It's like I'll give you an example. Do you know that burning wood properly, Damien, produces less pollutants than the same wood causes if it rots in the wood? So are you aware of that? So right now you just told me that one of your chimney technicians that's a forward-thinking company owner can put out uh, an ad campaign. They can do it on social media. They can do it with the email. They can do it with a postcard. And they can put it in the local newspaper. Whatever their uh, avenue is, is that just what you said. Are you concerned about indoor air quality for your family? What about outdoor air quality for earth? Yeah. I can help. And then you just go through a properly, a properly serviced chimney is this, this, and this. And by me, so you just sold the environmental thing. An environment of environmentalism, it's not even that they're going to get caught up in too much of the data. Three data points is enough. Two or four data points is enough. The reality is you want that customer, just like the one that buys a Toyota Prius, to say, I care about the environment. You know why? I brought out XYZ chimney technician and they made my chimney cleaner, which makes my house have better air and it has better air for the uh, environment. So that's a big one right there. And again, I think, if you're, I think if you're not trying to tie in with the insurance folks, you're missing out on a chance to develop new customer base, not just from a safety standpoint, but from an insurability standpoint. Yep, and it's dead on the money. And all these things are the messages. And see, that's what, you know, what you just said, and this is one of the things that we are taught, and my friend and yours, Larry Wingett, one of the things that Larry Wingett loves to pinpoint on is pain. So what you've got to do is, in the promotional things you do, you've got to bring up that pain point. And indoor air quality, with today's rising rate of breathing issues, less ventilation in the homes, I think you've just given people a wonderful idea of how to greatly increase the draw from that consumer to your services. So what else would you offer to these people? All right. We always say change your product. The first thing that your people need to understand is that they think their product is coming out and servicing a chimney. And it's the same thing as if, if you got 
a, a well-off uh, man and wife in a expensive home in suburbs, the plumber is not really giving them a hot water heater. He's giving them a hot shower. <laughs> you know, the, the person that builds this beautiful thing on the back of their house doesn't just giving them an enclosed patio like where you're sitting right there in your place. They're giving them an outdoor lifestyle. So I think it's important that your technicians listening right now realize their product isn't them coming out with an eight inch brush and shoving it down a piece of pipe and knocking down some soot. Their product has to be greater than that. And that's where the environmental appeal and the safety appeal. So remember, there's great, there's great uh, opportunity in selling safety for your family. I'd push the safety thing about chimney fires and I'd push the thing about indoor air quality. I'd push the thing about environmentalism. And that becomes the product more than just me coming out with my brushes and cleaning this. So safety, uh, environmental health, indoor air quality, uh, better for your children. That's as much of the product as the actual cleaning it. Now, of course, there's other products. You know that. I mean, the inspections and all that sort of thing. Um, and you know what? From changing the industry, I think that it's time for your folks to start being a bit more, shall we say, um, pushy about what it is that they do. Right now, you just told me only a few percent. How is it that I've had a chimney person at four of my properties in the last 20 years, and you're telling me only 3% of the American population even uses a chimney technician? It's amazing, isn't it? It's truly amazing. But you know, it's kind of like, I'll bring it up, what are you selling? And right now, Cheryl is, you can, we can see each other on cam if you're on computer, but Cheryl's sitting in the backyard. She's sitting under and on it. Now, when this owner was installed, we actually did a podcast because there was a defect that let a 12-inch wide sunbeam come across. And when we're trying to sit us, and the company said, well, sir, you know, you bought an awning. No, no, I didn't buy an awning. I bought, I bought shade. shade. I bought shade. <laughs> it's like when a guy's going to buy a drill, he's not buying a drill. He's not. He's buying holes. And the more holes right. I get and the faster I get them, the more value that drill is. Would you agree with that? I agree with that. And one thing that I think that your your listenership needs to probably work on is the whole idea that uh, they – they are not just uh, chimney technicians. They are, you know, they're selling something greater than that. And that's where we go with this image and the customers and the product. The other part of this thing that your folks probably need to listen to is if they can push the whole safety thing and the environmental thing, it's just a matter of how many people they can take that message to. And once that becomes their brand, it's just like farm to table. It becomes now that they're, that the customer is doing this because it's the right thing to do. And that's, that's what, that's what your customers need to sell. Yeah, one. I'm things, sorry. Yeah, your one listeners of, need. To. Yeah, one of the things that I I I had a client work on a couple of years ago was that one tagline that's worked super successful is we fix leaky chimneys. Okay, cause water entry. But another tagline that I encourage them one is we provide. You know, we make chimneys healthy. We make chimneys healthy. So that it's all the different words that can go in. So Cheryl, you're out there. You've been listening to this. Tell me, you've been around chimney sweeps ever since you've known me. You have been to meetings. From what Damien has shared, tell me what the gold nuggets are to you from what Damien Mason has shared today. Okay, now I get to do Damien's thing by wrapping up some stuff. The gold nuggets are we in the chimney industry or you are pushing really the wrong thing. You're trying to push the fact of you cleaning the chimney. The gold nugget is 
the safety and everything else that Damien talked about. Now, as a consumer, I would come nearer buying that than I would the chimney sweeping part of it. So I'm coming from a female's aspect of keeping my children safe, making a good place for my grandchildren and the whole nine yards. So for me, the takeaway is the quality of what you provide, not what you do. And you know, the takeaway for me for this is developing these brands, developing these taglines, developing new ways to grab attention. But it's also, I hope everybody heard what I said about the restaurant, about I had this great buildup of going to this restaurant. And so, you know, I didn't enter a bad review, but I did send them a note this morning via Facebook Messenger. And I gave, and I told them, I said, I didn't want to enter a bad review, but I feel you need to know that the value was not met. Uh, I know you've done a lot of work getting this open, and I hope you take this the right way. But that I felt people are owed. Uh, a lot of people put complaints in on the internet this day. They want their pound of flesh, but that's the whole thing. And that's kind of where Damien's coming up here. Now, like I said, he's coming into this fresh looking at this from what he's learned in the last 24 hours. And even doing this, I'll be honest with you, before we started this podcast, Damien gave me a little tip that's going, and it was gold to me. And that's what I want this to be for you. I want this to be things that you can use that's gonna move you to an entirely new level. So Damien, we're gonna get ready to close this out. We got chimney suites, we got chimney technicians, we have stone masons, brick masons, hard shop owners. Damien Mason has an opportunity right now. Give me Damien Mason's, and you can kick butt in this, mate, Damien. You can say anything you want to because you got to, sometimes you got to say it hard. So give me Damien Mason's parting words to this group of people today that you have taken your time out. We're recording this on a Sunday morning, guys, so you're aware. So Damien set up a Sunday morning to do this. So Damien, give me your parting words and feel free to kick ass. All right. These folks are small business owners, just like you are, just like I am. The one thing is, uh, you you know you need to change. You know you need to continue to transform because the marketplace gives you two choices. You either adapt or you perish. I mean, it's evolution or it's extinction. I say that all the time in my live presentations. This is not cliche. We know it. Companies go out of business all the time. We've heard the stats. Over 50% of small businesses don't make it five years. So with that in mind, one thing that I can tell you is I thought it would take me about a year to reinvent myself. I'm a smart guy. I'm a hard worker. I know how to sell stuff. I've been you know, working since I was eight years old, feeding calves on the dairy farm. By God, I'm not afraid of work. But it's not about how hard you can work. Sometimes about how smart you can work. It didn't take me a year to retool. It took me five years. So my encouragement to the people right now on the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network is real simple. Start something now. One thing that Cheryl and I did on all of our webinars, I said, one new thing, one new thing, make yourself uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Change how you go to work. Rearrange your office. Change routine and habit are not the same thing. Good habits are good, but routine is generally not that good because it means you're not changing anything about what you do. Another thought, I talk about image. Your people might be saying, hey, man, we, we're changing our image. What you tell your customers, Customers you are doesn't mean crap because <laughs> what really matters that menu you talked about they told you all kinds of things that they were you've got your menu and you thought it was crap so the main thing here is 
It's never what you tell the marketplace you are. It's what the people in the marketplace tell each other about what you are. So your, your customers right now are, so think about this. You're, you're listening to this podcast. Your customers, you think you're going to keep telling them what you are. When you demonstrate that you are the company that helps indoor air quality and the environment, and then you keep selling that, and you paint your trucks a different color, and your, and your tagline on the tailgate of your chimney technician truck says, we help indoor air quality and we help, you know, the environment. Whatever that thing is, when the customers start telling each other that's what you are, that's when you've reinvented. And you know what? That's fantastic. It puts you in a different marketplace because now you're ahead of the current marketplace. So I think that's the main thing is don't underestimate how long it's going to take. Don't be afraid to try new things. Trying new stuff never killed anybody. Contrary to popular belief, you know, Redbox uh, was new. Blockbuster wasn't. We can go on and on and on. New Coke was a new idea. It didn't kill Coke. Try something new. It's going to take longer than you think to implement new things. Make yourself uncomfortable. And remember that it's not what you keep telling the marketplace you are. It's what people within the marketplace say you are. Yep. So, Damien, I want to give a couple plugs for things that you do, and I'm going to encourage people to follow Damien. Number one, Damien, you have a podcast. Tell me what the name of your podcast is and where it's found, please, sir. Uh, right now, I'm doing the business of agriculture. I don't know how much application it would have to your folks, but if you've got some people out there that are rural people, it's the business of agriculture podcast. More importantly, they can keep up with me at, at Damien P. Mason is my Twitter handle. Damien Mason Professional Speaker is my Facebook page. They'll see a mixture of stuff from my ag following and also from my small business following. I talk about reinvention for small business groups. So if any of your people are maybe in charge of uh, their state association of chimney technicians and they're looking for a speaker that's somewhere I can help you out I'll come in and deliver a message about reinvention about pushing yourselves to innovate to be here for success and longevity because I've done it you've done it you know I just was talking to Lori the other day and I said where are we going to be seven years from now what's act four <laughs> so I think it's it's got to be something that's why Cheryl likes talking to me because we're always talking about all right we're not young I'm 48 and she's a couple years older than me but we're always saying where's where are we going five years from now where are we going seven years from now and that's the fun of the whole thing so if your people want to and, and do that they can find me at DamianMason.com that's D-A-M-I-A-N Mason like a bricklayer I appreciate you having me on here I know we went really long so you're going to end up having to chop some of this up no, we ain't chopping none of it out. If somebody decides, hey, they can turn it off and back on, Damien. That was there was too many gold nuggets scattered through this. So you can find me at DamienMason.com and all kinds of hookups from there. And I'm gonna add this. Damien is spelled D-A-M-I-A-N, because some people may spell it E-N, so we'll make sure the spelling's right. But if you see Damien's gonna be on a podium and speaking near you, folks, I'm gonna tell you something. I, I would it's going to be worth your time to stop. And I'm going to correct, he's wrong. I listened to his podcast, and yes, it's about agriculture. But here's the thing, and Damien, I want to know if you agree with this. Business is business, and promotion is promotion, and branding is branding. And branding in agriculture, branding, the problems, how you're going to move ahead, is it really different in one industry to the next? No, the numbers change, the, the stuff you handle changes, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, masonry block to build chimneys and uh, and wires wire brushes or it's uh, uh, 
you know, beef. It's all really the, the main point is business is business. And that's why that business of agriculture podcast is bringing that home all the time. We in this industry carry on too much about how hard we work and, oh, there's only a few of us. And I say, you know, that, that message ain't selling, folks. This is still a business and it's a consumer driven business because every business is a consumer driven business. We all work for other people and the folks of agriculture need to realize that. That's what I'm kind of telling them. So anyway, thanks for having me and uh, I appreciate it. Hey, man. Cheryl, is there anything you want to say before we close this out one more time? I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Like I said, am I right in endorsing Damien for his messages? and his ability to tell it like it is and help people. You're totally right. Um, Damien, again, has been a great help to me, and I think he has a position of being in a help to you guys. Hopefully he'll join us on the mastermind group and can maybe throw a nugget in there every now and then. I, I look forward to dealing with Damien Moore. In fact, I hope we have an ongoing situation with us, and I really do think he could help you guys. Again, that's my take on it. Okay, guys and gals, I appreciate you joining us today. This is Jerry Eisenhower and my guest today. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. I've watched him perform face-to-face. -face. I've listened to him as a podcast. I've talked to him on telephone. Super, super guy. And see, that's the whole thing. And I'm going to tell you something. In the business I'm in, which is coaching and speaking, we meet a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people. But those, and, and I'm saying this today, and Damien, so you know, we went and watched Tony Robbins this week, okay? Spent three hours with Tony Robbins. We watched Mark Simona speak this week at a uh, event we went to. And like I said, it's all the guys, but again, Damien's, he's kind of like me. He's kind of like Cheryl. We're just, we're just old, good old country boys and gals. And what we have is we have a dream, we have a desire, and our mission is to change the life for others. So if what we shared with you is helpful, that's why we do this. There's no charge to watch our podcast, and I'm sure Damien doesn't have his. And yeah, but like I said, hey, man, I hope, and I'm going to put in a plug for him for the National Chimney Sweep Guild Convention for a keynote at some point. We'll tell him how to connect up because I think he would be phenomenal there. So anyway, this is Jerry Eisenhower. This is the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. We do our podcast every week. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us in social media. Connect up on our YouTube channel. And also with our new educational offerings we're doing now where it's live. It is live streaming. They are very interactive. It is a way that we're helping you move to the next level. So tune us in next week. And with that, we're out of here with one more thank you to you, Damien, because this was truly, my opinion, a knock it out of the ballpark experience for you today, my friend. And I sincerely, sincerely thank you for it. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CBC Coaching, providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.